Apple has actually been working on. So you both own Apple watches, right? I know, John, you switched over to the Android side. I think yeah, you've used an Apple I watch. Absolutely. So, you know, how on the Apple watch, you put it on and you type in your passcode once and then you don't have to do it again until you take it off and put it back on. It knows that it's on your person the whole time. Apple's apparently working on something similar for the iPhone. I don't know how long it's going to take them to get there, but you unlock your phone and then it'll use a combination, fingerprint, face, the way that you walk. So basically your gait as you're walking, basically different ways that it knows you are you. And if it's on your person, it will use a combination of things to unlock. So you don't have to rely on any one thing. It's relying on multiple things. And to you, similar to the way Face ID is, it's almost instantaneous and even invisible in some ways. But on the back end, it would still be just as safe, if not safer, than what we have now. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards. I'm John Rettinger, still stuck at home. (laughs) Same here. Geared Up is the show that brings you your weekly look at the world of tech and gadgets, consumer electronics. And this week, John, as we've been doing over the past several weeks... To kind of help our friends break up the monotony of there's a self lot of monotony to be isolation, self quarantine. We've been bringing out some special guests. None more special, dare I say, than today's guest, Dan Barbera from Mac Rumors. Dan, yay! What's up, guys? How you doing, Dan? I'm doing well. How are you? Fantastic. I mean, you know how I'm doing. We've been talking all day. I know. I know. For the podcast yeah. effect. Why do I know? Why do we do that? Why do we have shows? <laughs> I don't, and ask I don't know. Each make other it seem more formal as if we never time. spoke to each other. <laughs> yeah. Dan and I were just talking. We're talking sports before this started, and yep. and just like, wait, wait, hold it, hold it for the podcast. Put it on the podcast. Why not? We have to act as if we've never spoken to each other. <laughs> no, <laughs> listen. You guys were talking about things that I don't know anything about because, admittedly, I'm not the biggest sports fan. If I do watch a sport, it's typically going to be the NBA. Big it's XFL NFL, fan. It's just big, here big XFL there. fan for like three weeks. So. <laughs> hey, I think hey, that those days are behind now. Andrew. <laughs> it's, it's gone. I was like, you know what? Here's something new. Let me get in at the front end. So then there's no crazy legacies or rivalries that I need to be schooled on. I'm here from the beginning. Makes sense. And I got the season tickets, 10 game season. So five games after two games. Everything gets shut down. No more games are happening. And I'm talking two home games. There were away games, but the home games. So I got to go to two out of five. Then they put it on hiatus like they've done every other, every other live entertainment with the exception somehow. I don't know if you guys have seen this, (laughs) but (laughs) Florida has declared that WWE is an essential business and gets to continue doing what they do, which makes Zero sense. Florida's but gonna, Florida's going to Florida. Right. Exactly. That's this is that's such a Florida thing to do. Shout out to the listeners in Florida. We're talking about your government, not you, I think. <laughs> um, but I went in on the front end. I was excited and now it's gone. It's over. It's all over. They had money to go evidently for three seasons. But yes, the coronavirus. I mean, just there's no insulation from that, right? They lost out on half a seasons of revenue. Right. And I liked the XFL. I watched every home LA game. Like I enjoyed watching the Wildcats. My my kids and I would sit and watch it. I was I'm bummed for no spring football. Yeah, I was I was telling Drew, like, I don't know how I feel about it because I was super pumped that there was spring football and I loved the rules and like the newness of it. But I don't know, after like three games, I was kind of it wasn't must see TV anymore for me. Their kickoffs, I mean, we probably lost half the tech audience here, but their kickoff rules, uh, <laughs> I thought, were amazing, and I hope make it to the NFL. I agree. So, yeah, I'm bummed, especially knowing that it's going to go down in history. Unless I'm mistaken, the Seattle Dragons were the worst team in the entire <laughs> XFL. That's, that is true. <laughs> Congratulations. So, yes, fantastic. Yeah, Browns fans know how you feel. Yeah, there wasn't a Cleveland team to be the worst, so we had to pass it off to somebody. That's probably why I wasn't super into it, because there wasn't a Cleveland team. But maybe I'll be a Seattle fan just to kind of keep on the misery of football. Cleveland Browns versus Seattle Dragons. Oh, come on. What happens? Come on. What happens? It would be the Browns, 100%. <laughs> uh, probably the Browns. I still bet Mayfield throws two interceptions. Well, <laughs> that's all right. That's a good bet. <laughs> let's talk. Let's get into some tech news. That's why people are here. Almost five minutes in. Here's our bread and butter. 
All right. Today's big news. Apple finally announced the iPhone SE second generation small phone. Well, small phones are now big, apparently, because the original SE was four inches. Now we've got the 4.7 inch. Mm -hmm. Basically, the iPhone 8 has been upgraded with iPhone 11 internals. And we have a new inexpensive phone for people who want the latest hardware in the more comfortable, more familiar form factor. Correct. Starting, I should say, at $399. Yes. So what a weird world when in, in the span of 24 hours, Apple introduces a phone for $400 and OnePlus introduces a phone for $1,000. That's true. It's a, <laughs> yes. it's a very weird yes. alternate reality that we're in. And I have a lot of Apple-related questions. Drew, do you know anybody who's an Apple expert that we could ask? You know what? We Again, we've had no specialer guest than this week's guest. His name is Dan Barbera from Mac Rumors, and he's here. You guys are too good oh, yeah. for Apple questions. I was going to see I was going to see if Matt Gonzalez was available, but oh, I mean I guess I guess Dan I will Matt. do I won't say anything against Matt. I love Matt. <laughs> I guess Dan will do he's in a pinch. Far more of an expert. Bring him on. <laughs> I so am, What are the questions? First of all, yeah. okay. 399, so, can we just admit like right off the front, Apple has dealt a knockout punch to the low-end pricing world of smartphones in America. No one else oh has a phone for that price with the same level of performance and features. Yeah, Pixel 4a, I think, is DOA whenever that finally mm. does come. So, Dan, let me, let me ask you. So your opinion on iPhone SE, should Apple be competing in these low-cost waters? Does it hurt their brand? Are they just trying to get more phones they sell, more apps they can sell, more movie rentals they can sell? It's yes. an ecosystem play. It's services. an ecosystem play, 100%. There's so many more services. You know, you're still getting that. By the way, I forgot to mention that today when I we put out a video about this. I forgot to mention that you still get that one year of free Apple TV Plus subscription. Yes. Because I thought that was only to the stuff purchased in 2019, but that's actually carried over. And so what a great deal at $399 for a phone with basically flagship specs. I mean, you're not getting the fancy features. It's not going to look as nice as an iPhone 11 Pro. But I mean, how many times have we heard the average consumer tell me that they really don't care about that? They just want right. something that's going to perform really well. You know, it might not be the latest and greatest, but I mean, personally, this is the instant recommend, in my opinion. Maybe not the 64 gig. If you can do the $50 extra, I think that 128 gigs is the uh, the sweet spot. Yeah. I love that Apple's offering 128. That's like been impossible uh, yeah. <laughs> for them to offer. And it does go all the way up, I should say, to 256 gigs. Yes. So plenty of storage options and for that max specked out 256 iphone se 549 dollars yeah that's a good deal yeah i mean at that point you can probably get an iphone 11 for an extra hundred dollars and you get an additional camera with that so i mean at that point i might probably tell you no but right but then you go back down to 64 gigs if you do that yeah yeah like you get the better hardware but now you're back down for 450 bucks that's a sweet spot. 128 gigs, I think, is a perfect storage size. Agreed. What was the Pixel 3? What did that launch at? The 3A? Uh, good was that point. a $299? I, I think it was $400. Yeah. Yeah. And then the XL so, was like yeah, 450 There's no comparison, in my opinion. Unless, obviously, unless you're someone who specifically wants an Android smartphone, then the, the decision is made right there. If you're hardcore sure. Android, if you're hardcore iOS, then... You have a low cost option, but looking at Apple's whole phone lineup, though, we've got a phone that starts at $400. We've got a phone that starts at $700. And then we've got the phone that starts at $1,000. Again, is there any other? I mean, usually Apple is the one in the past that released one phone a year. Yeah. Here's your choice. You got one phone and here's the price. Not even Samsung has what Apple has right now. Entry level, mid range and high end, all of which give you the same power, the same processor, the same graphics power, the same main camera. Apple seems to be in a league of their own here. Yeah, which is insane. And also, I mean, Apple's still selling the iPhone XR. True. How much is that? You have so many choices. I mean, the XR is still on their site. The only phone that they killed was the 8 and the 8 Plus. You could pick up a XR right now in 64 gigs for $599. So 600 bucks. Wow. That's kind of the odd man out right there because that's actually yeah. old school. That's older technology than what's in the SE. 
Yeah, it's the iPad Air of the phone lineup. <laughs> isn't the, uh, I mean, I could be wrong, but I thought I saw some, it could have been carrier prices, but isn't the iPhone 11 like right around 699 Yeah, 699 Yeah, see that, I feel like that 10R is going to get phased out here real, real soon. Probably should. The 10R that I still believe is the best-selling iPhone for now, two years running. Yeah, well, I mean. Now, now I think it's going to lose. It's going to lose yeah, to the SE. This I, phone yeah. is going to sell a ton. Yep. Which I is mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I see why people would buy it. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Okay? Play it. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. So, great price point. 64 gigs is very small. But, okay, maybe they wanted the, the cheapest iPhone. I understand that. The lack of face ID, mm-hmm. I think, is a big is a big one. And I understand for pricing components, keep the cost down. For the folks that have never had Face ID, I can see why they would go from an iPhone 6 or 7 to this. Right. Which I believe that this makes, is directed towards. It's directed towards those people. Makes sense. But for those people who just who know the technology but still want the cheapest iPhone, I don't think the iPhone SE is the one to recommend. I still think that's the iPhone 11. Well, for sure. I think the iPhone 11 is the best phone all around. All around phone, pound for pound, whatever you want to call it that most people are going to want to pick up. Obviously, the iPhone SE, even if you just look at it, it looks old. It has the older display with the larger bezels. But I think there's a subset of people out there who, number one, are fiendishly hanging on to Touch ID because they don't want Face ID or they don't trust Face ID or they have conspiracy theories about Face ID. (laughs) And then there's the people who just say, you know what, I want something new, but I want it to be as cheap as possible. I want the newest, but cheapest. What's the Delta? Between those two things and iPhone SE is it. It will be curious, though, walking around over the next several months. You know, I always like to look and see what phones people are carrying. Yeah. How many of these are we going to see? Are you going to know? I was going to say, how are you, you going to know? It's exactly the same. The way that you know is the, uh, the logo. Way. The logo on back is centered. Yeah, there's no way I'll That's figure it. that out. I mean, you put a case <laughs> on that thing. <laughs> there's no That's way. True. You can't, you can't no, tell what's happening. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You're right. Again, I, I do give Apple a lot of credit, though, for bringing out a phone, especially now at that price point. It's not necessarily a move that is in line with Apple's history, but it does show, I think, that Apple is very keenly aware of the world right now. Yes. Although this is the second generation SE and they did have an SE four years ago at the same three ninety nine price point. True. All true stories. My grandmother's rocking the first gen SE and she loves it. Oh, really? We still have one, too. <laughs> she, she loves it. Yeah, I had to bust I mean, this. I'm holding it up to our video chat. I had to bust this out for the video I'm shooting today on the iPhone SE. <laughs> Why not bring out the first gen rose gold? Now, what's your beef with Touch ID, John? I, th- I think I have messed up fingerprints. <laughs> I, maybe I have like I'm fingerprint deficient, but any fingerprint readers never work as well as they should. Nothing's perfect, mm-hmm. but I'm always putting my finger on. I always have to put a passcode in. So okay. Face ID, face, face Unlock that the iPhone has, the Pixel has, and some of the LG phones mm-hmm. have, has been amazing. It's made life a lot easier for somebody whose fingerprint stuff just for some reason never worked that well. Interesting. I feel like my face is messed up then because I'm having the opposite <laughs> experience. I mean, it, it, we didn't want to say anything. You're a guest on the show. <laughs> True. <laughs> it's okay, guys. We're all friends here. It's fine. No, but I, mean, but I feel like the Face ID, you can you could fix issues with that a little bit easier, right? Like your face is your face. Like you can scan it again. But if your thumb doesn't work, I mean, you're, you can't do anything about that, right? If your ridges on your, True. Your, your thumb aren't deep or something. Sure. So my issues with, and this is a hill that I've died on a lot with Touch ID. Now, my solution is that I'd like to see them do, if they can implement it well, like a lot of these in-display fingerprint sensors that you see on like S20s and yeah. you know, the OnePlus, they're good. They're not great. If Apple can do what Apple does and perfect it and be later on like they usually do. I would love to see that in conjunction with Face ID to where you have yeah, that fail safe because it still is slightly quicker to put your finger down than having to swipe up and do the passcode kind of thing. I always feel like right. I go way too fast and I miss it and I got to do it again. But my biggest things for me are when I'm lying in bed, my pillow or something might be covering a little part of my face. I got to kind of get up. And then, you know, when you're on your desk, you got to do that awkward hover over your desk to get it to unless, of course, you can pick it up. But the whole point of tapping on it and seeing a notification, being able to actually read the content if you have that privacy like lock on it where you can't see what's going on until you authenticate. That's the issue for me. And so I would welcome Face ID or I mean Touch ID if I could. So I'm probably not right. going to use the SE as my daily phone because I'm, I'm just not used to something you know that small. But 
I'd love it on What's like the next iPhone 12. Apple has actually been working on. So you both own Apple watches, right? I know, John, you switched over to the Android side. I think yeah, but you've used an Apple I, watch. I Absolutely. So you know how on the Apple watch you put it on and you type in your passcode once and then you don't have to do it again until you take it off and put it back on. It knows yeah. that it's on your person the whole time. Apple's apparently working on something similar for the iPhone. I don't know how long it's going to take them to get there, but you unlock your phone and then it'll use a combination, fingerprint, face, the way that you walk. So basically your gait as you're walking, basically different ways that it knows you are you. And if it's on your person, it will use a combination of things to unlock. So you don't have to rely on any one thing. It's relying on multiple things. And to you, similar to the way face ID is, it's almost instantaneous and even invisible in some ways. But on the back end, it would still be just as safe, if not safer, than what we have now. I mean, I'd be on board with that. Yeah, I'm in. Make that happen. Yeah. Yes, please do, Tim. So before we move on to the next topic, just so we cover it, because I think all we talked about was we have a new iPhone. It has the iPhone 11 internals and an A13 chip. You have the same 4.7-inch Retina display, Touch ID, as we just mentioned, wireless charging, gigabit LTE, Wi-Fi 6, 4K recording with extended dynamic range now at 30 frames per second, 4K 60, non-extended dynamic range, stereo video recording. So it's not just a new phone with a new processor and graphics. They put a whole bunch more in when compared to the iPhone 8. And the best part, I think, for a lot of people, the battery is now rated at 13 hours. So they've removed the 3D touch layer like they've done with the other phones, and they've been able to put a bigger battery in there. I think it's the I'm not mistaken, the largest battery or the longest battery time that they've quoted, 13 hours. Wow. Phone's going to go all day. Yeah. Especially at that resolution for your screen. Right. I feel like whenever Apple adds something amazing like this, they always do one thing to like take it a step back. So what, what does this one have? A th- this one have like a 30 pin connector in it? I mean, is that, is, is that, is that, is that how this charges? <laughs> hey, as we have wireless charging and you've got lightning, they did their thing. The other thing Apple announced today, not as big of an announcement, but Previously, the new Magic Keyboard for the iPad Pro, the 2020 edition, and will also work with the 2018 edition, was set to ship and be released in May, and it is now available to order today, and it's going to start arriving this month here in April. Have you guys been using, I know, John, how much you love your iPad Pro 2018 version. I do. I, I love my iPad. Where are you at, Dan? Oh, I'm right there with John. I love my iPad. I want it to be, I don't want to carry a MacBook Pro whenever we go to events or travel or anything. I don't want to carry that at all. I just want to have one device in my bag to where I'm on the plane and I can watch movies and do the tablety stuff. And then I can use LumaFusion or whatever new app is out there, hopefully in the future, maybe Final Cut. And I can edit my videos. And the only thing missing for me with that was that keyboard with the trackpad built in, the inclusion Mm -hmm. of everything. I don't want to use my Apple Pencil for majority mouse things right and i don't like touching my screen all the time i like that i can do that if i need to but i i've been so hyped on this and i'm hoping it's not a huge disappointment i don't think it will be just because we kind of got the feel of what it's like to use the trackpad and the way it works and the cursor and everything with the 13.4 release and you use your trackpad too it works fine so i'm assuming it's going to be just like that and then now we have a scissor switch keyboard. I'm assuming that's also going to be very much in line with what you get on the MacBook Pro yeah. and the new MacBook Air. So, I mean, what is there not to like now, except for the floating hinge? I still have reservations about that because I don't yeah. know about you guys, but I don't think it's very good. And it's not a floating hinge, but the way the magnets work with the iPad Pro on the smart folio keyboard, I don't think that's very good. Obviously, lapability, that made up word that we all use is not is actually is that a real word? That's Panos Mi- Panay. He made that Man, up. Yeah, Microsoft, Microsoft Word. Microsoft, okay. <laughs> yeah, so the lapability is not great with that. They obviously touted that it's like, or touted that it's super improved compared to the Smartfolio keyboard. So that's my hope is that it's basically a, a laptop. And I know people are like, why would you want that? Just buy a laptop, but... Dan, can I, let me ask you a question before I talk about the Magic Keyboard. Sure. As iPad fans, and I I'm unabashedly think the iPad is probably the most perfect product, the iPad <laughs> Pro... The most perfect product Apple's ever made. Sure. Mm. Do you see a difference in your use case between your 18 and your 20 iPad Pros? No. Like at all. And I, I want, I use my iPad so much. I was so excited for the new one. I'm like, well, this is going to be faster. It's going to be a better battery life. I can't see any, in anything that's come out thus far, any difference whatsoever. 
I mean, no. So I guess I'll let you know in like a month when I start editing more videos on it. And maybe I'll edit videos on the 2018 and see how well that works and if there's a difference that way. But my guess is I don't think it's going to be anything super noticeable. So by all means, if you're listening out there and you have a 2018 and you're like, should I get the new keyboard and the new iPad? Just get the keyboard, man. Just don't don't even worry about the 2020 right now. I don't think you need it. That's my take on it as well. I'm probably going to return my 2020, which is a big bummer. But I think uh, the only thing is, and it may not be a big deal to many people. However, faster graphics. Mm-hmm. If you're playing, if you're a gamer, you get faster graphics on the newer version, up to 20% faster graphics. And then you have the LiDAR sensor, which currently doesn't do much. However, I think it's released now on the iPad so developers can start getting into it so that by the time the iPhone is announced and released, there's content for the iPhone. So I think it's all about getting it out there so that the iPhone has stuff to show off. But then once that happens, your new iPad will have access to augmented reality content. Again, may not be a big deal to most people. I think most people will never use it. But those are the two things that I would say to consider. Absolutely. And out of everything in the tech world that I use and love, I can't think of anything that's of less interest to me than the rear facing cameras on my iPad. Like I, just, <laughs> I mean, I, it's of no, no use. And then, and then you throw in AR, which I, I also find very little use for. Yep. You know, I, I understand that the Z processor has an extra sort of GPU core yeah. that's enabled. And I know that's par for the course for a lot of manufacturers. Intel does it with i3, i5 and i7s, yeah. but there's failed cores. They just sort of drop down the number. But I think it's a testament to how good the 2018 iPad Pro was and how much headroom that tablet had when it came out. And transitioning back to the Magic Keyboard, I am super hyped for it. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculously expensive and we're all probably dumb for paying that amount of money for a (laughs) keyboard. But that aside, the Folio keyboard, I never found that useful. Mm -hmm. The the key experience was kind of garbagey, but now throw in ability to use a trackpad. And presumably what we'll get with really the second gen of, of iPad OS, whenever that comes out, I think is we're going to start to see the real power of what that can be. And, and that, that might be a point where you see the difference with the 2020 iPad. We're like, okay, maybe I should have kept it or maybe I should buy the 2020 to get this killer feature in iPad mm. OS 2. You know, maybe Final Cut Mobile will only work on that. Uh, who knows? But I'm excited. I mean, the combination of a real keyboard, a real trackpad, which I know all laptops, laptops do have also. Uh, but in the iPad form factor is is very cool and one I am certainly looking forward to experiencing. I think your take on like it's probably dumb of us to spend $350. If you look at it in this way, the way I've been looking at it, if you have I, I've never used the 11, so I'm personally talking on the oh, you've never used it. No, I have. I mean, I picked up. I picked it up. I've tried. I think you guys, you and Kevin, both had it, and I've tried it. Like, but yeah, I've I never 12.9. I love 12.9. Yeah, I'm the bigger screen guy, especially since I use that primarily for like consuming content as well. It's my main thing for when I travel. I watch tons of stuff on it. But for me, the way I look at it is if you have a 12.9 inch, you're going to need a keyboard. You will need some sort of keyboard case. It doesn't make any sense not to have it. So most keyboard cases out there run you on average, I would say about $200 for the 12.9 inch. So Factor in that you're going to get most likely a very good key experience this time around. You're going to get right. better lapability. Man, I sound like such an Apple shill right now. You're going to get better <laughs> lap. Like you're you're going to uh, you're going you're to get the lapability. The hopefully and the hinge is better from what they're saying. And then add in the built-in trackpad. Is all of that worth an extra hundred and fifty dollars to me? Yes, one hundred percent. Sure, that's the way I looked at it. Fair points, and I'm with you on the 12.9. I'm putting this out in the world. I would love a 14-inch iPad Pro. <laughs> That's so <What> big. <laughs> Jeez. So we said that I about actually, the 12.9, too. I know. <laughs> I'd, I'd buy, I would be that guy who buys it, too, and I'd be like, well, I don't, this is ridiculous, but then I'd, I'd never not use it. I actually have both iPad Pros because I feel like they are two totally different products, the 11-inch and yeah. the 12.9-inch. And actually, it's a 13-inch, and for some reason, Apple calls it a 12.9 inch because they don't want to say it's a 13 inch for some reason. It sounds too like too big one number using the two, like the 11 inch to me is a tablet. I can carry it around. I can hold it in my hand very comfortably. I can read very comfortably. When I go up to the 12.9, I feel like that is the horizontal setting it up in a stand, kind of like what Dan said and using it similar to a laptop. It's not that comfortable to just hold casually. 
in my opinion. Are you guys just using it like a tablet as well, just holding it in your hand, carrying it around in no. portrait orientation? No. And Tam's like, I, no, I, I can't do it. I, I can't. Can I can't lift it. I try. I, I, I do. I do it. I don't like it. That's why I've had many. Honestly, so when the new ones were announced or even before we knew they were coming, I had it set in my mind, set in stone that I'm going to try the 11 inch this time because, you know, I still had the other one and I was very fortunate enough to where if I don't like the 11 inch, I could just use the 12.9 inch from 2018. It's still very good. There's no reason to really upgrade like we've said, unless you really like the stuff on the back. But mm-hmm. yeah, then they announced the keyboard and everything and it became more of an actual like, yeah, this is a full laptop replacement now for me. 100%. I want the bigger screen. So that derailed my plans of going 11 inch. How about the Apple Pencil? You guys use that? Mm. It's a whole other story. I lost mine. That pretty much gives you your answer right there. It's somewhere in my backpack. <laughs> it sticks to the side of the iPad. Yeah, yeah mine's actually stuck. See, it's I'm using my on. iPad for this video call, so I stick it right there. But I don't know. If I was a student, it would be amazing. But I have no reason to really write anything. I'm not very good at drawing. I use it for Unprocreate to make some titles and stuff that I can export. Those are pretty cool. Unprocreate? Mm. No, in procreate. What did I say? Un- in procreate. <laughs> in procreate is what I meant to say. <laughs> got it. Got it. I was like, I was like, that's a new one. I was, I was like, <laughs> so check out that app. Yeah, you're a few don't years pro- behind for that one to be useful, my friend. Don't procreate. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that ship has sailed. <laughs> All right. So that's the iPad Pro Magic Keyboard. You can order it now. Shipping later this month. Okay. Before we take the first break, one last story, real quick. John, I know you're not. I tried to talk about gaming a couple weeks ago and you were like yeah i don't care i have children i have no time for anything i'm not trying to talk about this but now dan's here and the xbox one x which is the most powerful game console currently shipping in the world which was 499 dollars has been dropped to 299 dollars if you're at home looking for something to do and you want a game console i don't know that there's any better option out there than a $300 Xbox One X with Game Pass Ultimate. John, have I just changed your mind? So, since we last recorded our podcast, I have purchased a new game console. Oh, really? So, we have a Switch that my kids have taken uh, an affinity to. I bought a Switch Lite for myself to use, to have, and to love. And I will still maintain that a Switch Lite will still be a good console for a while, whereas the admittedly powerful Xbox One will be an obsolete, outdated console mm-hmm. in just a few months. True. But isn't the new one that's coming out like super overkill for 90% of the people who just want to buy something that's good and going to get them by this Dan, like, boring time? I'm going to tell you why you're going to want the Xbox One Series X. It has a LiDAR sensor on the back. (laughs) Oh, I'm in. 100% sold. Uh, Dual cameras? Yeah. (laughs) It's got got more cameras on the back. So, I mean, that alone should give you a reason to want to upgrade your Xbox. I'm the worst gamer in the history of gamers. Not not from skills. Like, I don't think I'm very good. But at certain games, I'm good. The the only one I play is Madden on a regular basis. There we go. Most people... Matt... I'm with you on Madden. Well, okay. We'll get an Xbox so we can play. Well, we'll, we'll I do. Right. I have one, right, and we'll, that's all I play. We'll talk about I'm that in. later. All right. Let's do it later. All right. all right. But for me, I'm interested in every game. Like, I want to play Call of Duty Warzone. I want to do... Andrew's been trying to get me to play Gears with them, and it's... Come on. I want to play so bad. I have the system. Like, I can do it. But then I also have two kids. I work a ton, just like all of you guys. And when I do have that little bit of free time, it's either I want to go to bed or I would like (laughs) I want to watch a show or I feel like I should be doing something else more productive, which is terrible because I should just be unwinding and playing a game. But it's just the last on my list. And I want to play these games. I don't understand what is going on in my brain, but that's just how it is at the age where when you have a little bit of free time, your first choice is, you know what? I think I'll go to bed. Yeah, exactly. And and that's that I just turned 31 like three days ago. And I honestly feel like I'm turning 51 or 61. It's just it's bad. I feel like Dan just became my spirit animal um, <laughs> and articulated perfectly. I have the desire. Yeah, I want to. But by the time my kids are asleep, I'm like, I just like my brain is just dead. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll, that's why I got the switch. Light. I'm like, I can pick that up for 15 minutes. Right. 
It's so weird. Anything on, on the north side of 10 o'clock. Actually, I don't even know what the north or south side would be. Yeah, I'm like, anything, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Anything <laughs> before 10 o'clock. If we started, I'm in. If it's 10 o'clock and I got some time and you're like, hey, dude, you want to start? So I'm like, nah, it's 10 o'clock. I'm probably just going to go to bed. <laughs> even though I wouldn't go to sleep until like 1130. It's just I don't know what it is. Unless it's Madden. Yeah. I'll, I will play right now. I think we just became old guy best friends. Yep. Wow. I think we did. <laughs> John, what are you playing on your Switch Lite? So when the Switch came out, I bought Super Mario Odyssey and I never really played it. Okay. So I started picking that up again. That's something that's a game I can play Great for game. 15 minutes at a time. I can just save it. You know, I can, while I'm in bed, I can, yep. I can play that. And my kids are playing Mario Brothers and Super Mario Maker and building levels. And I just wanted something that was just mine. I didn't want to bring a Switch back and forth right. and, and, and reconnect it. And I figured for travel, it's nice to have. So I've, I've actually enjoyed it. And it's gotten back into gaming. And when I do turn my Xbox one on it is exclusively formatted yeah there it is interesting what about nba 2k no nba 2k at all just madden honestly i've, I've always like i think like dan said like i have so much bandwidth and time i've only right. so much bandwidth and time and i've just always played madden, madden so I, just, I, know, I know i know the controls i know how it works i'm like yeah. i probably would love 2k if i gave it a fair shot but i just i know the nuances of madden and it just works for me fair wait enough. john your kids are older right how old are they again so i have six four and ten months Okay, so when you're six, is your six-year-old, your P's please the one playing games, I presume, and your four-year-old? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. has your gaming habits changed? Have you been playing more with him? We play a lot of Mario Brothers, and I just introduced him to gaming not that long ago, but okay. now the fact that we're not only quarantined at home, but he's on spring break, so we don't even have, like, the online classes. Gotcha. Right. We've really just, like, degraded <laughs> down to, like, I, we're trying to keep the education going, but, like, at yeah, some point, we're like, like, just, like, like, just play Mario for an hour. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yes that's my uh, hope am, is that when he gets him. older when my son he's only three so we're not anywhere close to it right now yeah. but when he gets older i can play games with him and that's the way we would spend our some of our time because i can't just go downstairs in the basement and play games while they're upstairs like i want to see my kids and that's not yeah. that's not fair but if we're both doing it together i feel like then my gaming habits will increase but i don't know yet that's why i was asking if that changed for you it's been something fun to do together so yeah. we we play together we watch sports together and then mm-hmm. we kind of go outside and we'll, you know, play sports and we'll, you know, do those kind of things together. And that's been, that's been fun. Cool. That's what I'm looking forward to. That is very fun. That is very fun as a father. Before we take a break back to the Xbox, the one thing I wanted to call out here that I'm kind of admiring about what Microsoft has done, we're about to see a new PlayStation and a new Xbox both be released before the end of this year. If all goes to plan, let's throw that out there. All goes to plan. We'll be seeing these two new consoles and new console generation. Microsoft has been severely undercutting the price of Game Pass. If you're unfamiliar, Game Pass is their service that gives you roughly 100 games. And I'm specifically talking about Game Pass Ultimate. It's a $15 per month service that gives you a library of 100 games that you can play on the Xbox and on the PC. And what they've done is if you have any Xbox Live Gold, so just the gold account that lets you play online and you upgrade to Game Pass Ultimate, they will give you a month to month transfer. So the five dollar per month gold membership will just turn into the fifteen dollar per month Game Pass at no extra cost. So if you have a year or two of Xbox Live Gold, you can just change that into Game Pass. And then when the new consoles come out, if you already have a year and a half more of Game Pass, why would you buy a PS5? Like, which one are you going to choose? Totally fair. Yeah, 100%. They are using their service as a way to get people kind of locked in, almost the way people get locked into iMessage and iCloud. Yeah. (laughs) So if you're locked into iMessage and iCloud and new new phones come out, you're probably going to buy the iPhone. Yeah, but once you've been using an Xbox for a few years, how many people are really switching to the other one? It's not like there's a lot of games that are exclusive to PS4. I mean, I could be wrong. I have no idea, but... PS4 has more exclusives. That are worth switching for? just started a war. Oh, I'm going to get... I'm just going to get... Everyone's going to... Don't even... Don't even send out my information on how to contact me. People are just going to kill me. (laughs) No, see, I'm an Xbox guy, but... So am I. PlayStation has had more exclusives this console generation... But at the last E3 that took place, Microsoft, one of their big announcements was they had acquired several major game production houses. So the games that were on both consoles are now going to be Microsoft exclusive. 
from the, you know, the studios that they've purchased. So they've recognized where they were deficient. And with the Xbox Series X, they plan on kind of fixing that problem. So I'm very excited to see what the next generation of gaming looks like between these two companies. And also Microsoft is saying Sony isn't their big competitor anymore. They're competing against Google and Amazon. So I don't know what that means because Stadia has not blown the roof off of any house that I've seen. But Microsoft is saying it's the streaming games where we are competing most in the future. And these are the main competitors that we're going to be taking on. So I'll take your word for it. I just assumed most people kind of stuck with one once they got it. They do until it's time for the new new generation because oh, okay, the Xbox then, 360 then, uh, was right. insanely popular and the PS3 was not. But then when the next ones came out, it was like, okay, PS3 is more powerful now. We're switching. Yeah, got it. Microsoft botched the launch of the Xbox One too. Well, big time. <laughs> yes, they had this great idea that you'd be able to share your games digitally with your friends which was the cool part. But the bad part was someone leaked that it would require your console being online. I believe it was once every three days. You just kind of verify. Yeah. And nowadays we can't imagine like, would, could you imagine your console not having an internet connection? But eight years ago, it was so people were like, wait a minute, I don't need to, I don't want to have my, my console online that <laughs> often. Yeah. And so it got botched because they didn't get behind that leak and say, okay, let's explain this, everybody. They just kept, oh, no comment, no comment. And people were like, okay, they got something nefarious going on. I'm not buying an Xbox. Hmm. The world has changed. Great. Okay. After the break, we have hands-on impressions of the new OnePlus 8 and OnePlus 8 Pro that's coming up on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called Technically Speaking, where I bring you the latest, my picks for the best tech for business travel. Whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel, there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun. You can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. Once again, big shout out to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. All right, time for the National Car Rental story of the week. The OnePlus 8 and OnePlus 8 Pro have been officially announced. This took place yesterday. I got my devices today. Dan, you got your devices. I haven't even opened mine. I think you had your, I think I saw a seafoam green phone in your hand a little while ago. By the way, nicest color of all time. Get out of here. Yes, it's amazing. And you just like whatever the new color is. I, I'm still salty about you <laughs> hogging the almond. the almond OnePlus 7 Pro while I was trying to get <laughs> B-roll and I was stuck with the blue one. Maybe it's because it's new, but this is it's nice. You have to see yours if you got that color. Now, John Rettinger. Yes, sir. You had your review unit for I think a couple of weeks now. I can go full Marquez and say I've been using it for uh, <laughs> for two weeks right now. There you go. So, hey. You've got the longest hands-on impressions out of all of us. Tell us about your thoughts on the on both phones. I have lots of thoughts. So let's start with the Pro, not just the Pros, but the OnePlus Eight Pro. Yeah, uh, the expensive one. So starting at at eight ninety nine up to nine ninety nine, depending on storage and RAM. The one that OnePlus sent me was the geeked out, maxed out. Uh, I believe twelve gigs of RAM, really powerful device. So I, I'm not going to debate the cost of the phone. People can decide if a thousand dollars or nine hundred is the appropriate cost for a phone for them. I think that's mm-hmm. a, a personal choice. There are a lot of things that OnePlus did really well. Their Oxygen OS, I think is, I'm not really even think at this point, I think is the best interpretation of Android. Better than Google's own, whatever they offer for the Pixel, which doesn't even suck Android anymore. Mm-hmm. And where OnePlus has been deficient is in cameras. And yes. they've always kind of taken a brute force approach to their devices, right? Let's put in as much specs as we can and we, we can make up for some deficiencies. And so it's been cameras and it's been lower quality and lower resolution screens mm-hmm. and IP ratings and wireless charging have kind of been the things that they've done, the trade-offs to save costs. Yeah. They have flipped that script with the 8 Pro. Uh, and I want to start with the screen. I think all of us will probably readily, and you know, Dan, Dan may be partial to you know, the iPhone 11 Pro screen, but 
Samsung displays. And these are displays that not necessarily Samsung made, but that are on Samsung flagship phones, I think are the best displays on the planet. And I know Samsung makes displays for Apple and everybody else, but the phones, the displays that are on, let's say the, the Note 10, the S20 line of phones, best I've ever seen. The display on the 8 Pro is as good as the best Samsung panel that I have ever seen. As far as color reproduction, as far as brightness, completely taking out the fact you can turn it up to 120 hertz, and then you can even scale it all the way up to QHD resolution 120 hertz, and the phone can be dynamic and it'll determine when it scales the resolution, the refresh rate up. There's a lot of smarts in here that does things that even the flagship Samsung phones won't do okay. and gives you choice to how you want to use your phone. Do you want to destroy your battery, which I will talk about in a minute, with high refresh rate, high resolution, then OnePlus will let you do that. They're not going to tell you how to use your phone or how they think they should best use your phone. That's kind of what Apple has been known for and even recently what Samsung has been doing. So I respect that. And the screens are absolutely amazing here. Camera has been a real problem with OnePlus, especially when cameras have gotten really good. The camera system here is very good. It is not the best in the market, but it is amongst the best. Keeping with the theme of Samsung, they've kind of aired to go for a Samsung look of pictures. They're a little more processed, a little more poppy. Okay. And, uh, you know, I was talking with, with Matt Gonzalez, who prefers the iPhone pictures, and he was kind of explained it well, I thought. He said the iPhone pictures come out looking like raw images. Yeah. They're a little flatter, and you can edit them to look however you want. If you prefer you're just not going to edit your images at all, and you like a poppier color, then you're going to love what Samsung is doing. And I think that's true with the OnePlus. And is there like area, a, a beauty mode that's always applied, like we're seeing with Samsung, or is it? No, no, not, not, not even beauty for like facial smoothing. I mean, it's okay. like greens look brighter. There's no, I didn't yeah. see any weird facial smoothing. Greens look brighter, reds look, colors just look more vibrant. Like you've already sort of ran it through a filter almost. Where Android has been way behind in Apple, though, is video quality. I mean, Apple's nailed, I mean, just nailed video. When I'm using Android, I'm using right now, I used to have to bring an iPhone with me to events when I would want to film video because it was just so bad on Android. Uh, the Snapdragon 865 has fixed a lot of those video inherent video problems that Android has had. And video is actually now really good on the OnePlus, where I wouldn't, I wouldn't need to bring an iPhone. It's, it's a very capable video camera. Microphones are great on it. So those areas got fixed. There's an official IP rating here, which is really nice to have. OnePlus has never done that. And OnePlus has also been really stubborn with wireless charging. And they actually have three different wireless charging standards in this 8 Pro. You've got Qi, you've got their proprietary, they're called 30 watt dash wireless, which if you want to spend 70 bucks and get a wireless charger, will charge your phone at 30 watts wirelessly, which is insanely fast. And when you consider Apple's fast charger in the box, I believe it's 18 watts. Yes. That's staggering. Yeah. Almost double for wireless is awesome. So I was really impressed with the 8 Pro. Battery life was not good. <laughs> I barely got through a full day and that was with the resolution set to 1080 and okay. 120 hertz refresh but also our phone use cases now are weird right we're on our phones way more than ever before right. we're stuck yes. at home so that might have been an issue with it as well and it's got a waterfall display so while the screen is beautiful I had a lot of false touches on the sides because of that so that's a fad I that's need my to, take. it needs to go away it looks beautiful right it does but who cares it has to go away yeah, I'm very much with you on that. And the camera system, you've got zooms and telephoto and all that stuff you'd expect. The 8 is a very interesting phone as well. And I asked OnePlus why they have expensive Pro line. They said we wanted a phone that could compete against any phone on the market. Okay. And for folks that are want to have the best, but also maybe not spend the most, that's where the 8 comes in. And the 8 is an incredible phone. It's got 865. You can get it with 12 gigabytes of RAM. It's got the same wide angle camera that was the only one really in the 7T. It's got a macro lens in there. The only real difference is here, it's a bit smaller. It's got a 90 hertz refresh screen and there's no wireless charging. So if you don't care about wireless charging, I would happily go the 8. Really good, really capable phones. I think they represent the best of Android, which is a fun thing to say from a company that's newer and smaller than a lot of the competition. And now I will stop talking. <laughs> okay. So for people who are, in case I missed it, it basically sounds like what you're saying is if you don't care about wireless charging, OnePlus 8 non-pro might be the phone. 
No IP rating, no IP rating either. Okay. But if you, if you don't care about those things, you've been a OnePlus user for years, you've never had an IP rating, you've never had wireless charging. Right. The 8's an incredible way to go. It's an amazing phone. And it doesn't feel cheap in the hand. It doesn't feel like a plastic phone. I mean, it feels as premium as the 8 Pro. They did a really amazing job on it. One small caveat, and this is an issue maybe that's unique to me. I'm with AT&T. I don't get very good cell service at my house. I rely on Wi-Fi calling. Wi-Fi calling will not work with AT&T on either of these phones. So if that's a problem for you, it will with Verizon, it will with T-Mobile, but AT&T it won't. Why? That's, yeah, that's curious. Why? Why? It's a longer story, um, <laughs> but I, I've reached out to, I've reached out to AT&T to ask because it seems like an AT&T issue, right? Yeah. It's a manufacturer issue. It has to do with E911. You know, when you call 911, they could yep. know. The manufacturers have to certify the phones to essentially say, hey, like we're signing off that the E911 features work and that costs money and time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of manufacturers, a lot of OEMs, a lot of sorry, carriers rather, don't force that on the manufacturers. They'll just turn it on and make it work. So E911 is there, but it might not be accurate. AT&T is insisting that it be accurate. So Samsung, current generation Samsung unlocked phones, wireless calling won't work because of that reason. OnePlus wireless calling won't work because of that reason. Interesting. So it's kind of not AT&T's fault, and maybe it kind of is for having maybe more stricter guidelines, but it's also to protect the consumer. So it's a uh, you know, double-edged sword. But I want people to know if they rely on Wi-Fi calling for any reason and you're on AT&T, you're going to have problems. Fair enough. Phones, recommended. Absolutely. If you're on the Android side of things. Now, obviously, you're John Rettinger. You're all about the foldables, and you have the fold, True. and you got the flip. You got the ultra, the regular, you, you have everything. But if you are the average person out there looking to upgrade your two-year-old phone and you want an Android device, you're comfortable saying this can be your device for the next two years. Pick up a OnePlus phone. It's cheaper. You're not really going to be missing out on other features. Not just comfortable. I think I would strongly recommend the OnePlus 8 or OnePlus 8 Pro for anybody who has a phone that is older than a year. I think you are wow. getting incredible fast devices. OnePlus is committed to updates. You get updates sometimes even quicker than even Pixel devices. Wow. You're getting blazing fast operating system. They've only tweaked good things. They don't have redundancy in there. You don't have nine different app stores that you got to go through to update stuff. You know, I don't need six different calendar apps. I don't need nine different messenger yeah. apps. Like, I don't need any of that. Fix stuff that needs to be fixed. And leave everything else alone. And that's what they've done with Oxygen OS. And it's gone to the point now where if I saw, let's say, the Galaxy S20 Plus and a OnePlus 8 Pro both on the table, I ordinarily would have gone for the Samsung for the cameras. I think now I'm picking up the OnePlus. Wow. All right. There you go. Dan, any final thoughts? Obviously, you haven't really spent much time with it. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to save my thoughts because I haven't even opened my devices yet. For sure. Yeah, so yeah. I opened mine uh, about a couple hours ago. And I've spent very little time, but I know OnePlus pretty well. This isn't my first OnePlus phone by any means. It's not my first Android phone. And John, me and you are definitely like we have similar thoughts on a lot of things. (laughs) And although you and a lot of other people might think that I would prefer Apple in most cases, I don't. I mean, I prefer iOS just because it's my job and it's easier for me. But if I was an average, I don't know, it would be really hard for me because Hardware wise, I like OnePlus and Samsung phones. I love the way they look, they feel, minus the curved edges, which drive me insane. You're 100% right. Samsung makes the best displays. And whether they're making it for everybody else, they're obviously saving the best for them and their best technology. And OnePlus knocked it out from what I can tell. The 120 hertz refresh rate is awesome. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to iOS or Android and which one you want. If you're an Android person, you're right. I mean, just from the couple hours that I've spent with it. If you want to save money, there's nothing in that price range that's going to beat the OnePlus 8. And then the OnePlus 8 Pro has all the same flagship features. Why would you spend an extra for the S20 Ultra, even the S20 Plus? Why would you Mm -hmm. spend an extra $100 for it when you can get this and it's equally just as good, if not better? So there you go. I mean, again, that could change. I don't have AT&T, so I don't know. I've got good service here with T-Mobile, but we'll see. I need to spend some more time with it. But I just the seafoam green, by the way, I'm still harping <laughs> on that. It looks amazing. It is a beautiful color. Yeah, it is absolutely a beautiful color. Did you open the one plus eight? Wasn't that one supposed to be kind of like the um, aura glowish? That's the one that well, no one can see this. But for you, Drew, that's the one that changes colors like what the S10 yeah. 
yeah. did. Right, yeah. the Aura Glow. Yeah, and I loved that. That was cool, but I don't know. If you put it next to the Seafoam Green, and, and also this is a huge fingerprint mess with the Aura Glow style. It's very mm. reflective. So Seafoam Green has the matte glass, very iPhone-esque. So it's All nice. Right. It's a nice phone. Let's close out the show with this last topic. Going off of the current situation we have going on with the coronavirus and tracking the sickness and the spread, Google and Apple announced that they've teamed up for something that they're calling contact tracing. And so basically what they're doing is allowing you when you have your phone with you, because most people out there are carrying a phone now, when you go out in public, let's say you go to a grocery store, the phones that are in that store will all be able to recognize each other through simple Bluetooth pings. So this is extremely low energy. Your phones already do this anyway. It's not adding or taking anything away from your battery life. If someone later reports in an app on their Android or iPhone that they have gotten the coronavirus, they can log into the app, say they've gotten it, and then it will send a notification to anyone else who has that app who was in the same location as that person within the past, I believe it's up to two weeks or something like that. So basically, you go to the supermarket, in, in three days, you might get a, a notification that says, hey, someone you were near in the past four days has been confirmed to have the coronavirus, so you may want to go get checked out. It doesn't tell you who, though, right? It just like... doesn't tell you who. It doesn't you tell may you have been anything. The only thing it tells you is where. Here's where it happened. Here's the location. Here's a map. That's it. And you could have used this app in college, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wasn't going to say it, but I was thinking it. (laughs) That's it, though. What do you think? A lot of people are worried about privacy. Now, both companies have said, again, this does not identify who you are, doesn't identify anything about your phone, anything about how you use your phone. It's a simple Bluetooth ping. That's it. It just says, hey, someone near you this many days ago at this location. That's it. This should, in theory, help people know when they've been exposed and should help. And I think this is where people are getting tripped up, help government know where the hotspots are and how the disease is moving and how it's, you know, decreasing, et cetera. Are you guys comfortable with this? Would you install this on your phone or would you kind of shy away from it? I'm 100% in. I have the app on my phone. You already have the app. Really? I have have the COVID-19 app on my phone. I can show you guys. You guys can't see it at home. As he unfolds the Galaxy Fold. But, I mean, <laughs> it's, it, it's there. And if you're worried about privacy and being tracked, then don't carry a phone. Right. <laughs> That's it. I, I mean, is, is really, otherwise, anything you have is just a feeling of privacy. Right. You mm. don't have privacy at all. I have no problem anonymizing my information to help some sort of greater good. Yeah. I would love to know if somebody I was in contact with had coronavirus. I have kids at home. Dan's got kids at home. I'd want to know. Right. Right. So I have no problem with it. No one, this is being forced down anybody's throat here. It's if you choose to opt into it. And I hope that people choose to opt into it. The whole idea of how we can stop the spread of the virus when the curve is flattened is when you can track back exposure yeah. to who and where becomes a lot easier to self quarantine people instead of being like, well, I don't know. Right. Well, yeah. And then you can go get yourself a test if you think like, oh, I was in that area, very close proximity to these people. I should go get a test and immediately put myself at home so that I'm not spreading it. That again, exactly. that's the whole theory. I'd even go one step for I would volunteer myself for you all to know my name as to who it was, because show a picture. I, if you interacted with somebody at the grocery store and maybe you saw an old friend and you you know gave them a hug or shook their hand, which I hope we stop at this point, stop doing that because that is just something we really need to, I don't need to hug, some, you know, and it's not anything against you. At this point in my life, I don't want to get sick. And obviously with everything <laughs> going on, I don't want this to happen to me. So how about you just don't be offended when I don't want to shake your hand? Dan, I have been saying that Bravo. for weeks on this podcast that I hope if anything changes from this, culturally, we stop shaking hands. Yeah. Yes. You know, when I went to Japan the first time two years ago, it was such an interesting difference from the U.S. Number one, they don't shake hands. They bow to each other. Mm-hmm. Great. But number two, <laughs> everybody, whether you're sick or not, and I'm not saying everybody, but it felt like 80% of the people there 
did this walk around wearing masks in public? And the reason behind it, I feel like in America, it would be because I don't want to get sick. I'm going to wear a mask in Japan. It's because I don't want to get you sick. So Mm -hmm. everybody there, the culture is so flipped. They don't want to inconvenience anyone else with their problems. So they wear a mask just in case, even if they're feeling fine. So when I came back, it was one thing that struck me. I was like, number one, it would make a lot more sense if we weren't obligated, like socially obligated to touch each other when we meet someone, whether it's a hug, whether it's a handshake, whatever it might be, and spread something from one person to another. But number two, I wish it was just cool to wear a mask. I hate getting sick. I have to travel (laughs) all the time. I'd love to just wear a mask to the airport and on the plane, but I would always feel like people are just going to look at me and think something's wrong with me. Right. Like they're going to be scared and think, oh, he must be super sick when it's just like, no, I'm trying to protect you and me. So hopefully going forward, we can retire the handshake, but also hopefully we can just wear a mask. It's just cool. No big deal. Or, I mean, if you don't want to wear a mask, that's fine, but don't judge or think that anybody else has a problem because they're wearing one. They're just being respectful. Like even if we're at that point, if you don't want to wear a mask, like we're not going to force you, but just don't. Let Don't be irrational be about your thoughts about other people wearing one. Can I throw this out there as maybe I can be the jerk? <laughs> I'm sure you guys have seen it. People in cars when they're the only ones in the car, it's just them driving and they're wearing masks. That's <laughs> <laughs> a little, yeah, it's a little extreme. Like, what, I mean, like I'm sure you've seen that, right? I'm like, I just want to ask, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> My only thought was what? like, what, what, what's happening there? If you got the windows down and someone who, by the way, people are still yeah. spitting. So like you spit out the window. Maybe that no, is what are, they're afraid of. Like they don't want people that like stuff just coming like in. just rolling in their car, windows closed, like rocking a mask by themselves. Yeah, that's that to me. Is, uh, OK, I guess I'm doing what I don't want people to do and judge. And that's a little that's a little <laughs> strange, but I'll try to be open minded. Listen, I was doing that the other day by accident. <laughs> oh, OK, I put my mask on because I was going outside, check the mail. And I was like, oh, I got to run over to drop something off to ship it out. Got in the car. I forgot I had the mask on like three fourths of the way to the shipping place. I was like, why am I wearing my mask? And I took it off, but yeah, I enough. did feel silly, but I think some people are just like, you know, what? I'm just putting it on and I don't want to put it on, take it off, put it on. I'm just going to leave it on. Okay. Leave fair. it on. Fair. Maybe they don't want to touch it. Interesting. I'm you're wearing your mask oh, to go outside go. to check the mail and like in your own area. That's right. Oh, see, That's I'm not right, even doing that. I feel like now I'm behind. I'm not either in all fairness. Okay. I will notice. I will mentally say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to touch my face for the next five minutes. And then like, 22 seconds later i'll just wreck oh oh i just touched my you know my cheek or whatever so leaving the mask on when i go to check the mail because we have one of those central mailboxes where like everybody's mail is at uh, one spot okay, okay so i gotta go over there open the thing am i touching someone else's mailbox who touched this who touched that oh i touched my mouth by accident so i'm just like let me just leave the mask on that's a good call Drew, good. can i tease something of related to this for the next episode oh of course please tomorrow morning i am going assuming that they'll have them available to get an antibody test whoa oh. nice for coronavirus. So I will share my results of my antibody test. The only way I could test positive is if I have had coronavirus right. and perhaps didn't know it. I will share those results on our next podcast. You get the results in 15 minutes. Do you think that you may have? Well, so here's, here's the thing. So California is weird. There's been a huge amount of cases, obviously, unfortunately, a large amount of deaths. But the death rate in California is exponentially lower than the rest of the country. Oh, interesting. And there's a working theory that California was exposed to COVID-19 months before. We're talking like second half of 2019 Mm -hmm. for the rest of the world, just due to the amount of flights. I think they said 8,000 flights came from China into SFO and LAX. Okay. So there's the theory that California now has more herd immunity than anybody else. And I'm thinking back to February of this year. My son was out of school for five days with a fever Mm -hmm. and didn't have a cough. But he had a fever that kept him out for five days. And then my daughter got what we thought was croup. Okay. Had a cough, which is kind of like a cough that sounds like a bark. And that was weird. And then, like, the kids, it runs through the house. And my son got a cough. I mean, it it happens. I woke up one day with such an intense headache, I could feel my heart beating in my eye. But then it went away a day later. It was only for a short period of time. My wife had some muscle aches. Uh So who knows? It probably wasn't that. Because you can kind of pick and choose the symptoms you get. But I'm hoping it was. Yeah. John, when in February did this happen? End of February. Oh, my gosh. This is so weird. So Same thing? Yes. Yeah, so remember, we're in San Francisco for yep. the event for the uh, S20. Galaxy S20, right? And there was yeah. a lot of, I believe there were people from South Korea because that wasn't on the banned list. But they yes. also yeah. got hit heavily. And me and you were very close proximity. And mm-hmm. I got home 14 days later. Exactly 14 days later from when I got home, my son had 
tested positive for flu B. Now, people will be like, oh, he got flu B. That's it. Yeah. My buddy, one of my best friends, roommate from college is a doctor. And he said 15% of the people that test positive for the coronavirus have also tested positive for flu B. So I should say, though, I didn't get it until it went through everybody else in my house. Okay, so for me, I didn't have anything. Yeah. But my son got it. He had 104, 105 degree fevers forever. We couldn't break it. Terrifying. Yeah. And he had a horrible cough, which we thought was croup because he had it before, but it sounded different and he physically couldn't breathe. We had to get him breathing treatment, got him a little bit of oxygen at the hospital. It probably ran through your house, too. You guys are probably all. I brought it up to the doctor. And at that time, it was so new. She's like, we can't do a test unless you've had symptoms. And I'm like, but I can be asymptomatic. Mm, And she's like, I know, but I cannot get you a test. So and then my daughter got it. She didn't get the cough as much. She got a little bit, but she got the bad fevers for a while. And my wife has had a cough for months since then. Well, the month and a half, two months that it's been since that time period. And so and for me, you know, I, I always have migraines and stuff. So the headache could have been a thing. Muscle aches. Who knows? But I didn't have yeah. any problems. I don't think I could be that lucky. But who knows? We may have been exposed to the same thing or the same person. Yeah. Or maybe my kid got him somebody at school. But I mean, when you have an antibody test available, I think take it. I mean, it essentially, obviously, you can you can still get it again. But right. It means you really can't transmit it. Right. Can I say something? It'd be a little bit easier. So I just want to say something real quick. Yes. At the Sampling Galaxy S20 event. When coronavirus, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, just very yeah. early in the coronavirus uh, oh ecosystem, boy, here we go. if you will, in the U.S. We all know what's there coming. was one man. <laughs> there was one man in the audience who had the foresight and wisdom. Just one. Where there was only one. <laughs> there was a man who decided to wear a mask despite the criticism, the shaming, the photos that were being taken of him <laughs> and posted to social media. Guilty. And this one man. Went home completely healthy. This man is me. We didn't get John, we didn't get yeah, sick. I was at fine the, too. We, we didn't get sick at the S20 event either. Listen, also, I'm pretty sure we know, shared sushi where, that night. So there's no way. You do not know where you you guys may have gotten something. I got it like a month ago. I mean, it was this, we're talking. I had a headache for two nights a month ago. That is that was not a Galaxy S20 related <laughs> illness. Listen, all I'm saying is I'm healthy. All right, you win. You may have, yeah, but you may have had it too. Yeah. Maybe you were the asymptomatic carrier. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. But you know you're, what? If you're that's the case, Seattle. If that's the case, everyone should be thankful that I wore a mask. Well, well no, but we, we got it then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but we shamed you out of that mask right quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is our show. Thank you to Dan Barbera for joining us. Dan, where can people see more of your work? They can see me on the Mac Rumors YouTube channel. If they really can't get enough of me, they can find me on my own channel. Definitely less Apple. Actually, not at all Apple related. And then just on Twitter and stuff at Dan Barbera. We'll throw some links. If I could just throw some love Dan's way for people who maybe aren't familiar with him or um, maybe don't know his name yet. He does obviously work for Mac Rumors, but the coverage he does on Mac Rumors and his own channel is not with blinders on towards the company. Dan, I think you're very fair with calling out issues with products from Apple or others when you see them. And your opinions on Apple products are, as far as I can tell, bias-free, which is really not the case with a lot of folks who specifically cover one topic or one company. I think that makes you very rare in the space. I appreciate that, man. I try my best. And if I notice myself being biased and somebody calls me out, I don't have the shame to admit it, but I try so hard not to be because that's the one comment that gets me. They can be like, oh, you're ugly, you're gross, whatever. And I just ignore it. <laughs> but when they call me bias, it's just like, I, I literally praised this other company this entire time. And I picked a couple of things I didn't like. That doesn't make me biased. I'm just being honest with you. But I appreciate that, yes. man. Thank you for the kind words. It's true. Thank you. I would like to say that um, I agree. And I did actually want to also talk about on this show, Dan's opinions on Apple's aptitude for naming their products. But <laughs> I mean, then I knew we'd be here for another gonna, hour yeah, we'll listening be here to Dan's hatred for how Apple names products. Well, let me so just say, I'm glad they didn't call this the iPhone 9 because that's a very, very dumb name. Makes perfect sense, though. It does not make perfect sense, Drew. You're wrong. <laughs> See? See, I can get him riled up. <laughs> so they pick two letters that make no sense and put them together. Exactly. But 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 <laughs> exactly. it made no sense in the past, so we know what it is. Yeah. But you can't it's recommend somebody an iPhone 9 T- when there's an iPhone 11 six. out. That's true. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We will have Mr. Mobile himself, Michael Fisher, as our guest on the next show. And we will also find out, does John Rettinger have coronavirus antibodies? 
And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live. And John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at GearLive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.